0: Uh, to have a, fr- a new friend come and speak to you tonight on part four of the mass series and she hails from new lennox come on and so guys can you get up on your feet and help me welcome pastor alexis morales all right i'm gonna try it
1: i'm gonna try it i think it goes hey yo Okay, I see the hype, I see the hype. Oh my gosh, It's nice to be here tonight, Excel. How you guys doing? You doing good? Man, oh man, y'all, it's rainy today. It is dreary and it is rainy, but you know what? We're still here, right? Amen? Amen. And we're here because we are so excited. we get to gather together and we get to enter into God's presence, we get to experience His word and His goodness. Amen. Awesome. I'm so excited to be with y'all tonight. You know, as I was walking around, I saw some of y'all tonight, and I was like, man, some of y'all be like this as you walk in, but some of y'all got some extra energy. Y'all got pep in your step. When I was, okay, when I was a student, I was a little bit rambunctious. Who here knows a sixth grader or a middle schooler who's like way too hyper all the time? Raise your hand if you know one. Don't point, but raise your hand if you know one. Okay, so that was me. Man, oh man, I remember guys, I would go to youth group every week and they even had like a nickname for me. They would call me Lil Chupy because they said I was a monster, the Lil Chupacabra. And I'm like, that's kind of offensive. You know what I mean? But we're going to move forward. So basically, I remember I was the most hyperactive middle schooler you would ever meet in your life. Like it was bad. Oh, you're raising your hand. That's you. Okay. It's not a competition. We all crazy a little bit, but I was so hyper all the time. I would come to youth group and I remember, I really thought I was big or something. I was only like 4'11", maybe 105 pounds on a good day, you know what I mean? And I'd walk up to the biggest high schooler and I, I had a mouth on me. Who here knows like you can talk some smack sometimes? Raise your hand if that's you. Yeah, that's the Puerto Rican side of me, okay? I, sometimes I'd step up a little, I'd be a little too eager, okay? Also, I was a little bit I was a little bit bold. I remember one time, my youth leader Oh, man, oh, man. I was the youth student you'd never want to give an energy drink to. That was me. And I remember I went to Six Flags one time with my youth group, right? And they put me in the back of the van. Isn't that rude? They put me in the back of the van. The luggage was hitting me, you know what I mean? So I did something real bold. I put mayonnaise in their sunscreen. Yeah, I did. I did. And they all looked like lobsters by the end of the trip. Because, you know, I was a little bit too hyperactive, too bold. I was, I was um, what my youth pastor liked to call an EGR. Extra grace required. I was one of those students. So now as a youth pastor, I reap what I sowed sometimes. And I have some of those crazy kids in my youth ministry. So when I was your age, I'd walk into youth ministry every week, and I'd have so much energy. I was always super loud. I was always putting on a show. I was probably the most hyperactive kid you'd ever meet. But the thing is, I was overcompensating for something. I was trying to cover up something. I wanted to make people see me. I wanted to be the person that you can't brush off. I wanted to be noticed. I wanted people to see me because I didn't always feel that way at home. When I entered church, I wanted, I wanted people to not be able to just to walk by and go unnoticed, but I wanted people to see me. But the, the truth at the end of the day was I wasn't even letting them see me. I was letting them see this mask that I was putting on week by week. I pretended I had it all together. I was always smiling. I was always energetic. But the truth was, I was hyper for a moment, and then I'd go home and I'd be broken all over again. I was putting on a show week by week. I'd come to a church, and I felt like that was the way to do it. Everyone at church always seemed like they had it together. Man, who was I to walk into church and be like, yeah, my dad didn't show up again. Yeah, I'm dealing with some depression and anxiety. I didn't want to feel broken. Wouldn't that make me a bad Christian? So I put on a mask. And I'll tell you this, I had that mask on week by week and, and people, people always thought I was the happiest person in the room and opportunities came. I ended up joining our worship team and I was up there jumping around, having a great time, but I didn't even know the words I was singing about. I didn't understand that that was a promise from God. I didn't understand that I was singing and declaring his goodness over me. I just thought I was memorizing lyrics. The opportunities came, but I'll tell you this. The opportunities may, may have come, but I've realized something. If the light in you is not brighter than the light on you, all that light will ever do is expose you. If you're taking notes, if the light in you is not brighter than the light on you, all that light will ever do is expose you. Because sometimes we go up and we wait for the opportunities, we wait for the moments of hype, we wait for the opportunity to serve because we're looking for approval. We're looking to be like, hey, look, what I have to give is valuable. But are we looking for that? Are we looking to be verified by man or are we looking to be accepted by Christ? Why do we serve? Why do we give? Why do we do these things? And I learned something really important about myself that night. I remember when I was in high school and I was like, I've been serving forever. I always loved Jesus. But why am I going home and things don't change? Why do I come every week, but I experience the same thing day to day? Your life will not change if your habits don't change. It won't. If you wear a mask and you don't allow God to do the work, things aren't going to change in your life. You have to learn to remove the mask. You have to. And I realized the importance of removing the mask when I realized something really different about my relationship with Jesus. Man, I always loved Jesus. Jesus but I didn't always let him love me back. I gave love, but I didn't know how to receive it. And I couldn't receive it because I wasn't even putting the real me forward in the first place. I had this mask on this barrier between me and God, this mask of perfection. I was always performing, but I wasn't allowing myself to receive the things that I sang over the people that I was ministering to. Your gifts will minister to you as well when you use them correctly. But how are we supposed to lead others when we don't know how to lead ourselves? You have to remove the mask. The thing that changed my life was learning to accept the love of Christ. But in order to do that, I had to remove that barrier. Had to take off the mask. And sometimes you wear that mask for so long, I was always that energetic goofball who was happy. But here's the thing. I never even knew what real joy felt like until I removed that mask. It was all a show. You have to remove the mask. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. And sometimes you wear the mask for so long, you almost forget that you're wearing it in the first place. You've been in performance mode all the time. You've been putting on a show. You raise your hands during worship, but you're not really opening your heart, are you? Sometimes we do that. We just get lost in the motions. Things become habits and not heart change. We have to remove the mask. We get stuck in this fake it till you make it mentality, but you're never gonna make it if you don't allow God to do the work in your heart. We just keep going through the motions. But he wants to move in your life. But he can only move in what you allow him to move in. So will you take off the mask? I don't know about you guys, but I grew up with a Mexican mom and a Puerto Rican dad. (laughs) And so we didn't cry in my house. You're going through a hard time? We don't cry. We buck up. (laughs) We put on that face. You, you act right and you just keep on moving. But I learned something. There is power in the brokenness. When you go to the altar, God moves in that. But you have to be willing to break sometimes to achieve breakthrough. You have to. Strength looks like vulnerability because it is way harder to be vulnerable than it is to buck up and put on a face. Putting on a mask is one step, but to remove that mask, that's when you're really being strong because you're saying, hey, this is, this is all of me. This is the real me. This is what you're dealing with, God. That's what strength looks like. If you don't believe me in God's word, if you turn to 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, it's 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And it says, but he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast of all the more gladly of my weakness. I'll be confident in saying that I'm not perfect, that I don't have it all together. So that the power of Christ may rest upon me for the sake of Christ. Then I am content with weakness, insults, hardship, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am strong. He can do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. If we really allowed him to move in our life in the daily, imagine the breakthrough that we would see. But we think strength is doing it on our own. No, strength is saying, I need help. Strength is when you give it to God. Strength is when you don't try to do it in your own that's what strength looks like. If we believe that the word of God is 100% true, then we believe this. Maybe growing up, that's not what you were taught. But if this is truth, then this is truth. It's that simple. You don't get to cherry pick the word. If this is what you believe, this is what you believe. God is a gentleman. We have to allow him pass the mass. He's not going to tear it away. He's not going to just come in against your will. He gave you free will for a reason. You have to allow him past the mask. Something my mentor told me a long time ago is you can't wear a suit to the operating table. You ever think about that? If you go and you need to get surgery, you're not going to wear like a tuxedo there, are you? No. Sometimes you got to get a little vulnerable. You have to strip back the layers the show that you've been putting on, the protection that you've been putting on, when you're trying to look like you have it all together, like you have that suit on, and your Sunday best, how is he gonna get past that? He needs to get past the image that you've created of yourself. You need to allow him to work. But in order to do that, you need to strip back the layers, you need to be a little bit vulnerable. You have to. In Matthew 15, 8, In Matthew 15, 8, it says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That breaks my heart. I know I've showed up to church and I've had my heart hidden before. How many of us show up to church and and we're present, but we're not really present? You know what I mean? We show up and we're here because, you know, it's Thursday night. This is where I'm supposed to be. But am I really entering in, willing to learn, willing to grow, willing to listen, willing to be a little bit vulnerable? Or am I showing up just because this is what I do on Thursday nights? If I'm going to testify that the Lord is my God, I can say it all day. But if I don't live it out with my heart, what does that mean? That breaks my heart. He says, they glorify me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. My words are there, but I can't give them my heart. That's too vulnerable. That's too much. I'm too broken. He doesn't even want it. He, like, you don't know what I've done. You don't know who I've been. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know my story. I mean, it's, we, we sing the songs and we'll sing it out, but we don't raise our hands. We go, oh, that's a little too vulnerable. We d- we'll listen to the message, but we don't go up for the altar call because, gosh, that's too vulnerable. What will people think? I'll go up there and I'll keep my face on, but God forbid I cry because that, that's vulnerable. We'll say these things, but we don't put our actions to pair with. Some of you go to church every week and you want things to get better. You come and you say, I want to see something move in my life. Well, then you're going to have to change your habits. You're going to have to give him your heart, not just the words. If you want to get better, then you have to move forward. If you go to the doctor and you're sick and he asks you, hey, what's wrong? And you say, oh, nothing, I'm good. How's he going he to help? How's he going to work in your life? You come to church, oh, yeah, things are fine, you know, just the regular. How do you expect people to come in and to help? You come in and you tell your leaders, yeah, it's all good. You have to let people pass that mask. I'm not saying walk in like Eeyore and be like, man, my life's so hard, man, you don't even know. No, I'm saying you come in, you worship, but when there's an altar call or when your youth pastor is saying like, hey, like, come up for prayer, then come up. If you're going through a hard time, text one of your leaders. Gosh, you have phenomenal leaders. I've met some of your leaders at camps, at different events, and you have phenomenal leaders. And they're not here because they have to be. They're here because they want to be here. And they love you. So utilize them. Go to them. Talk to them. Because I guarantee you, some of the things you're walking through, they've been through. And they come out the other side. And you see them raising their hands, and their whole hearts are in it. Because you know what? They're willing to go and be for you what they wish they had at your age. Take off the mask. It must be so tiring putting on a show all the time, feeling like you have to perform. That must be exhausting. The mask that some of you might have been hiding behind might have been busyness, approval, perfection. And there's always a root to that. I always say the behavior of bad habits are symptoms. Sometimes I get mad and I, and I, or sometimes I do this and sometimes I act out, but that's just a symptom of a deeper th- issue. It's just a symptom. There's something, there's a root where someone might've hurt you. Maybe you felt rejected. Maybe you're super insecure. Maybe you're just, you're like, who would want me? So I just put on the show. I, I don't care. I'm just here because I'm supposed to be. But if you would take off the mask and you just be vulnerable for a moment, you'd realize that you have been the only person holding you back. You have been the only person who hasn't chosen you because God chose you from the start. Your leaders choose you when they show up every week. Maybe it's time for you to choose you. I wore a mask for a long time and I hid behind humor. I hid behind this this facade of what I thought was happiness. I hid behind perfection. I was popular. I had friends. I came to youth group. Everyone was saying hi to me. I was up on stage singing my songs, and I looked like I had it all together, but I was miserable. I had a dad going through rehab. I had a mom who was working all the time, three jobs. I was helping raise my siblings. I didn't like myself very much. I was struggling with a lot of things, but here's the thing. I showed up and I loved Jesus, but I didn't allow him or my leaders to love me back. I didn't know how to receive love because I didn't think anyone would want to love me. But the second I took off that mask, I saw God move in my life like never before. The second that I said, I don't have to keep on a show, I don't have to keep being perfect. And I was frustrated because I felt like I came to church and nobody saw me, nobody cared. How are they supposed to? I wasn't letting them see me. I had my guard up all the time. I was angry at people for something that I was doing. If you want people to love you for who you are, then you've got to show them who you are. We all wear masks sometimes, but if all you've ever done is wear a mask, then you have to take it off because there comes a point where you can no longer remove the mask without even removing pieces of your skin with it. When it's all you know and you start to remove bits of who you are. There are two things I want to hit on tonight. Some of you don't think you're worthy. Some of you have worn the mask of perfection for so long that you're like, I don't even deserve God's love. I don't deserve my leader's love. I don't deserve to be here. Let me ask you this. This is something that helped me. If you had a friend at your school, and they were like, you know, I want to go to church, but you, I've, just, I've done so many things. I want to come to church, but dude, like, I've really messed up. I don't think I belong there. What would you say to them? Why are you harder on yourself than you would be on them? You treat yourself, you disqualify yourself, you treat yourself small, but you would never treat anyone else that way. The enemy's one if he makes you think that you're alone, because sometimes it's the secret that keeps you sick. Sometimes it's the fact that you won't open up and you won't share because you're ashamed. Let me say this. I've had friends, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. Have you ever had a friend who's like, if I went into church, it burned down? You know what I'm talking about? Nod your head if you know, yeah, those friends. They said, if I walk into church, it would burn down. Well, here's the thing, I'll say this. When someone says, if I go into church, it'll burn down and catch fire, wow. Respond that you really think that your presence has a larger effect on the atmosphere than God's. Well, I got news for you. Lucifer was in heaven. And heaven didn't catch fire, hell did. Do you know why? Because it lacked God's presence he is the prince of peace. Hell caught fire, and that was simply because it was lacking God's presence. His presence is what changes things, not yours. But when you choose to be in his presence and come close to him, he will quiet down the flames of your life. He will calm the storms because he is the prince of peace. When you take off the mask, you'll begin to feel a freedom that you've never experienced before in your life. You will begin to feel lighter. That pressure, the weight that you felt for so long of expectation of perfection, it no longer applies. Because when you're real, he can heal. Life hurts, but God heals. It is that simple. The gospel is simple. We make it complicated. Who he is has been the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is a God who loves you. And that has not changed because you haven't always been perfect. He came to earth because no one was perfect. The only one who was perfect was him. I don't know a single verse in the Bible that says you must be perfect. But it says you must try. You don't have to be a perfect Christian. But you would be a naive one not to give him your shortcomings and your failures and your pain. Because he heals. The only way that the enemy will win is if he can trick you into thinking you're alone and undeserving. If he can keep you from God's presence, he will keep you in the fire. But when you say no and you step forward and you remove the mask and you step into the love that he has for you is when your life will begin to change. It will. And the only thing that keeps us from seeking the help that we need in life, the only thing that ever keeps us from being vulnerable is pride. It's pride, and I don't, I don't want to hurt your pride. I want to kill it, because if you don't kill that pride, it will kill you. It will kill you spiritually. It will keep you stagnant, and it will keep you in the wreckage. It'll keep you hidden. It'll keep you in that mask. Sometimes it's the secrets that keep us sick. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, whoever conceals his, transge- his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. God will move. Take off the mask. Because it was the mask that we once feared that we couldn't live without. But when you remove it, you're going to begin to realize that it was really the mask that you couldn't live within. No one can live within perfection. No one is perfection. But if you take that off and you allow God to move in your life, you're gonna see him do really big things. So that's the first thing. If you've been dealing with pride or if you have been hiding behind this mask, here's the second thing. If you wear different masks in different places, if when you come here, you put on, you put on the mask and you're, and you're acting perfect, but then what happens when you go to school? What happens when you go home and your mom or your dad tick you off? What happens when your sibling says something you don't like? What happens? Second Corinthians 4.2 says, Rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor we do not distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's consciousness in the sight of God. And in a commentary, it breaks it down and it simplifies it. It says, We refuse to wear masks and play games. We do not maneuver and manipulate behind the scenes. Some of us live behind a series of masks, and we change our faces in different settings. We're perfect here, and then once we leave the building, we think, eh, we're good. Do you do that? What would happen if Pastor Izzy and Pastor Ariel went to your school? What if they hung out with your friends? What would happen what would happen if they saw you at Walmart acting a fool? What would happen if they went to your mom and your dad and said, hey, they had a great night worshiping. How were they at home? What would happen if they went to your sibling uh, sibling and they were like, man, I'm so happy you're in the youth. Like your sibling comes in the youth group. Oh, I'm so happy you're in here now. Your big brother, your big sister, man. They love Jesus with their whole heart. Aren't they great to have at home? What would they hear? Do you change your face or do you stay consistent? Because here's the thing. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's consistent. Do you know what changes? The world, culture. But you're supposed to look like Christ, not the world. Because you can't change the world if you look just like it, right? Right? So maybe, and this is the second, maybe we need to learn how to be more consistent. Not perfect, but consistent. You don't have to always be perfect, but you have to try to at least look like Jesus. You don't have to be Jesus, but you can look like him. Who are you reflecting? What do your friends see this? Like you bring a friend to youth group and then you leave and then they see you in the car and they're like, what in the world? Is this thing even real? What do you look like? Here's the thing. Are you consistent in character? Because character is not a test you study for. It's a pop quiz. The best way to be more consistent in your character is to respond more consistently to your convictions. That check you get in your spirit. The best way to be more consistent in your character is to be more consistent in Christ. Because I don't know about your Bible, but my Bible says in John 15, 4, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. How are you gonna look like Jesus if you don't know him? How are you gonna look like him if you don't spend time with him? If you wanna see your life change, you need to change your habits. And this is the partnering point. We must spend time with Jesus. If you wanna get rid of all the mass, and I bet it's exhausting then here's how you do it in four simple steps. Let's go through these four simple steps, okay? And then I'm going to call you forward. I'm going to ask you to put it into practice. Step one, start reading the Bible. Whoa, no way. Start reading the Bible. John is a great place to start. And this in itself is awesome. You should be reading your Bible. You should know the word that you're preaching to other people. If you're saying that you believe this thing 100% with all your heart, then shouldn't you know what you believe 100% with all your heart? How are you supposed to combat the lies of the enemy if you don't know the truth? Start reading your Bible. And this in itself is not enough, though, because a plant will never grow if it doesn't see the light. You can be watered all day by the word, but if But if you're not living it out and you're not going and putting it into practice, you won't see it move. It's not just knowledge that's power, but it's the application of knowledge. You have to do more. Step two, pray regularly and sit in his presence. Don't just talk, listen. Don't just talk, listen. You sit there, but you don't wait for the answer. Don't just seek answers, though. Seek his face. Step three, this is a big one. Commit to his church and go every time the doors are open. Just show up. Just show up. Be consistent in showing up. That's the bare minimum. And here's the thing. If Jesus referenced the church as his bride in scripture, he committed. It's your turn. step 4 and this is the one we're going to go in surrender all step 4 is surrender all and that's what i'm asking you to do now i'm asking you to take off the mask and not to give him not to give him halfway i'm asking you to come up and give him everything i'm asking you to take the mask off stop performing stop pretending you have it all together Stop feeling like you have to be perfect. Stop feeling like you have to put on a show. I'm asking you to give them every hurt, every temptation, every heartbreak, every doubt, everything. So with everyone's eyes closed and your heads bowed, no one looking around, I'm asking you to do exactly this with no one looking around, if you've ever felt like you have been wearing a mask for a long time, And you've never really given, like you've given him your word, but you haven't given him your heart. And you really want to just fully surrender all today. And you want to give your heart to Jesus like never before. You're tired of doubting and not knowing where you're going to go when all this is over. You're tired of sitting in the hurt, but never really knowing what freedom feels like. If that's you and you want to know beyond a shadow of doubt that you have Christ in your heart and that you can take off that mask and that he loves you so deeply. If that's you, raise your hand. No one's looking around. No one's judging you. No one, we're all cheering you on. And I'm seeing hands raised, and that's awesome. You are not alone. What this looks like, this is strength. This is you raising your hand. That's awesome. If you raised your hand, and even if you didn't, you guys can put those hands down. We're all going to say this together. Believers, say it loud and proud. Say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I believe That you died for me and that you rose again. Jesus, I'm sorry for the way that I've lived, but Lord, I want you. I want all of you. Jesus, help me. Help me to live for you. Lord, I give you my all, my heart, my mind and my understanding. Jesus, I choose you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Now, the band's going to play a song. And with everyone's eyes closed real quick, if you're someone who any of this applies to, maybe you've been in and out. Maybe you've worn a mask. It doesn't mean that you haven't accepted Jesus before, but you've just been kind of to and fro, (laughs) and you've been pretending everything's okay and playing church, but if you want to see God move in your life like never before, and you wanna be vulnerable, raise your hand. Raise your hand if that's you. That is awesome, that is awesome. I'm seeing hands all over the room. So now what I wanna see is I wanna see you guys respond in action. I love that you're doing, that you're saying this, but I wanna see your hearts be handed right now. I want to see you put your hearts into it. So when they start playing, I'm going to have you come forward to this altar. I'm going to have you worship, and I'm going to have you pray or do whatever you feel like God is leading you to do. And Pastor Izzy will wrap up when he's ready. All right? Come forward. Come forward right now.
0: I love that we have a culture here that's like responding is not an option. I'm thankful that you responded to the altar tonight. But I love that Pastor Alexis um, challenged us with practical ways to not just take off the mask, but to keep it off. And, and a lot of us deal with perfectionism. A lot of us deal with that. A lot of us go throughout uh, our days, whether it's with family or teachers or whoever, you feel like you have to be this perfect individual. And, and we learn tonight that's not who God is calling us to be. If anything, he's calling us to definitely embrace those imperfections and the brokenness in our life and allow God to use that to glorify his kingdom, to build the church, and to edify your life. And so for some of you tonight, this is great. Yes, respond to the altar. Feel God moving in your heart. That feeling you have in your chest or, or or in your mind, there's a physical feeling that you're feeling right now, and that's God. That's his Holy Spirit ministering to you. It's nothing mystical. It's nothing magical, but it's very real. And God is speaking to you. But we err if we think that tonight it's said and done. And we talked about this last week, that there are moments where we have to take off the mask the next day. Because a lot of us like to lay it at the altar and then pick it up when service is over. But those practical ways where it starts with reading your Bible... It starts with that. You want to see how God uses imperfect people. Read the Bible. She talked about the book of John. You're going to see God call 12 miserable, sorry people to follow the perfect Jesus. 12 misfits. 12 people that had a lot of issues. Had anger problems. They were thieves. They were just boring fishermen that had no drive or passion in life. Kind of sounds like us, right? You're like... Man, if God can use an imperfect person like Peter, God can use me. I like that she said, another practical way is coming whenever the doors are open. Listen, like, I don't get a raise for how many people are in this room, nor would I take one. When the doors open of this church, I, I I love being here. It's just where the Spirit of the Lord is. The Bible says it's freedom. We have made this building a place of worship. We've made it a place where God can be. And so anytime these doors are open, like, let's be here. You're like, Thursday, bet. Friday, bet. Sunday, bet. I'll be here. I'll be here. And then... And then her last point, I know I skipped two, but I really like this last point. Surrendering it all. A lot of you just need to start there. Surrendering whatever imperfection you have. Surrendering whatever mass that you may be carrying tonight, as we've talked about. But it starts with practicality. I can come up here, she can come up here and preach a fire message. But unless you put it into practice, that's what I mean by practicality. Putting it into practice, you, you will live the same life expecting a different result it just that's the definition of insanity and God doesn't want you to lose your mind God wants to build you and so tonight I hope you took notes and if you didn't I'm encouraging you to re-watch this on YouTube or listen to it on your run listen to it on the way to school tomorrow or however it is that you uh receive media or any type of learning but God wants to help you in this Amen. Guys, can you just show some love to Pastor Alexis for being with us tonight? She's the real deal. Um, she, she came on a whim where I, I heard she was doing the same type of series. And I was like, come and speak. And she was like, okay. So I, I'm so thankful for you. Thank you. Uh, I I treasure and I protect this platform, so I want you to know that uh, it's because I believe in your ministry, and I believe in your anointing, and I believe in you as a youth pastor. Not a female youth pastor, but a youth pastor that also has to, you know, that also is a female, because we do want to highlight that, because who run the world? (laughs) Girls, right? Girls. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you as we dismiss. Lord, thank you for the greatest youth ministry on this side of the city. Thank you, Lord, that we've been learning what it means to be real with you. Just be real. Just be honest with you. No mass, no perfection, just being ourselves with you. And and we've come to realize that you're calling us to be who you made us not who the world thinks we should be, not who our parents think we should be, not who Pastor Izzy thinks we should be, who you call us to be, God. So we openly embrace that, Lord. Help us live these words out practically, God, as as we dismiss what the world wants to put on us and embrace what you want to put in us. In Jesus' mighty name. And everyone says, come on, would you give God a hand clap one time? One more time. Can you give it up for Pastor Alexis? You can do better than what you did.